Welcome to the Todd Coconato Podcast. Thankful that you tuned in. I'm going to get real, really real tonight. You know, um, I think I think it's it's that time. Do you feel like that? It's that time. You know, there's been things I've been holding back for many, many years because they were not acceptable in the church. I'm not talking about changing scripture, changing doctrine. I'm just t- talking about socially in Christian circles. You had to act a certain way. You had to pretend like everything was great. And people didn't want to really hear about the actual situation in my life. People would ask, how are you, Todd? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? How many times have you said that to somebody? How are you? I'm great. How are you? And meanwhile, you're going through like some crazy trial. <laughs> they don't even know. Or you might just share a little bit, but really, they have no idea the depth of, of what you're going through. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's been a big problem. We haven't, you know, we've been fearful to share because people ridicule, they gossip, they, they kick you when you're down, they talk behind your back. It's, it's not at all what the church is meant to be. We're supposed to be a place where we can exhort one another, encourage one another. But I think we're at this, this pivotal apex you, you notice that we're at a crossroads right now and people are not, they're not going to be able to get away with the stuff that they've got away with. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these people, yeah, there's still some charlatans out there. There's still people fleecing the flock and doing stuff like that. There's false prophets. There's false preachers. I'm not saying that's not going to go on because we know that's a sign of the end times. But I do believe this is an hour though, where people are being a lot more vocal and they're really searching for authenticity. And, and, and it's time to, to get the stuff up and out. You know what I'm saying? Like either this is real or it's not. Well, of course it's real. I know it's real. So if it's real, then we've got to actually do what the Bible says. And that's where we're at. So I, I just feel like this is, I'm calling it like a gloves off season. I'm calling it a gloves off season because it's just, why hold back at this point? I mean, we could literally be gone tomorrow. Who knows? I mean, the rapture could come or there could be a world war or something could happen. I mean, I know people that were here only a couple of weeks ago and then all of a sudden something happened and they're just gone. I mean, that have you noticed that the last couple of years, it seems to be accelerating. Now I'm, I'm not saying I'm not speaking that over you. I believe you're going to live a long life if the Lord tarries. But what I'm saying is it's, it's just this time. You, you sense it, you sense it in your spirit. We're in a time where it's like, why hold back? Why not just be the best version of ourselves? Why not just be completely real? Not the, who do we have to prove anything to other than God? You know, and, and, and why don't we just appreciate the moment, just appreciate what God's given us. Enjoy, you know, be present in the moment. Take that time to just, just cherish that time. If you're married with your spouse, if you're single with the Lord and with your friend or your family member, None of us are promised tomorrow, and I think there's this consensus out there. You know, they say 67% of Christians now believe that, uh, you know, we're in the end times. That's a lot of people. That's 67%. We are. And they don't just mean like the, the regular end times. They mean like the end of the end times, you know, like tribulation could happen pretty soon. We're seeing everything getting put together the beast system, the, you know, it's, there's an urgency for anybody who's a true believer. But I say, enjoy each day. Make the best of it. 
you know, I started getting up early. I've always been a, a, a night person. I've always been a person that stays up at night. I like to do music and, you know, pray. And it's just finally I get some time to have some peace and some prayer time. My family goes to bed. My wife's more of an early sleeper. She goes to bed pretty early sometimes, my daughter. So it gives me a little bit of time to be with the Lord, to pray, you know, to hear from the Lord. And I love that. I mean, I need that. I need it so bad. I need it every day. Have to have that time. But you know what I'm going to tell you, though? I'm not staying up as late because you know what? I've been getting up early. And I'm going to tell you, there's more. I mean, you get up at 6 a.m. There's a lot you do in that day. You're you're, you're really a productive person that day. And um, I have a lot to do these days. Really busy. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's very serious matters going on, but you know what, what I've never really felt free to do is just share, you know, the brokenness that I had to walk through as a child. You know, my dad was a very abusive man, very angry, very, very angry. And um, he would be physically abusive to some extent to me and my mom, but he would be even more so verbally abusive to the point where it was really bad. I mean, I would wake up often to just screaming and I knew it was my mom and dad fighting. And it was like, it was a Saturday and school, you know, I'd, I'd been at school all week. I remember like fourth grade, fifth grade. And it's like, I just wake up to screaming. Does anybody relate to that on here? Maybe you had a better situation. My dad was a, was a prideful man. He's, he's still alive, but he's got dementia now, but he was, he was very prideful, very angry. He was very successful, very successful man, very powerful man. You know, uh, people were scared of him. He looked like a mafioso. Seriously, we used to go down to Mulberry Street in New York, and uh, he would get out with his trench coat on. You know, he'd he'd get a limo. We'd we'd get out with the you know the trench coat. I mean, he'd look like uh, John Gotti. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people were afraid of him, and in his industry, they were afraid of him. I mean, he had a reputation. Uh, he knew a lot of really famous people too. It's kind of similar, but in a different way to my life. You know, he. He wasn't in the Hollywood world. He was in the New York world, but he was in a, you know, a successful businessman, kind of, you know, in a, in a lesser version of Trump, you know, but very similar personality. So I can actually, I understand Trump. And I think it's because my dad is a lot like him, very brash, um, you know, unfiltered, uh, prideful, you know, and, uh, you know, Trump's got some great qualities too. And my dad did too. He had some good qualities. He has some good qualities, but uh, you know, we didn't have a very close relationships. So I, I was thankful to have my grandfather who kind of took the place of my dad, taught me how to ride a bike, taught me how to swim. You know, uh, I could ask him manly questions that my dad, my dad wasn't around much. He was, he was traveling all the time. And so I needed that father figure and the Lord provided in my grandfather. My grandfather was a very honest man. His name was David, David Gilbert, very honest man. He was the only person in my lineage. You know, my grandmother was Italian. My dad was Italian. Both grandparents on the other side were Italian. But my grandfather on my mother's side was actually uh, Jewish. So I have a little bit of Jewish roots. And so uh, he taught me the Jewish culture. And he became a Christian. He became a completed Jew, as some people say. He He was a messianic Jew. Some people don't like that term. But, you know, he knew Messiah. He came to know Jesus. And he loved the Lord. Loved the Lord. And my grandma, she was amazing. She, both grandmas, but my grandfather that I was just talking about, his wife, she cooked some good meatballs. Let me tell you something, okay? But remember, when they got married, imagine a, a, an Italian and a Jew getting married in that era. You know, that was a big deal. That was, it was a no-no. They had to go elope, I believe. Um, 
you know, I'm just sharing this with you because there's not, there's not a lot of people that share the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, if you, if you think that my walk with Jesus has been easy, I'm just going to tell you it hasn't, okay? There, there have been times I've struggled. There have been times I've doubted. There have been times I've been fearful over the years. And even when, you know, I had an encounter where I got stabbed nine times. I don't know if you ever heard my testimony, but many of you have. If you haven't, you can go to my uh, Facebook page or actually my uh, YouTube page. But, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you something. There, there's always going to be a season where you go through a rough patch, where you're not necessarily as on fire for the Lord as you want to be. And that's because the circumstances of life happen. Now, how do you explain it when you, when you lose a loved one? You know, Lord, what happened? I was praying. Why did you take that person? Or, you know, you go through a sudden divorce or, you know, you have a child that you lose or just something horrific, an accident. Uh, you lose a limb. I mean, just things that happen in life. And where's the people talking about that? Where's the people talking about, you know, you have a child that's an opioid addicted child. You have a child that's shooting up uh, heroin. I haven't heard any messages about that. Why aren't we dealing with the societal issues that are happening in our lives? Why isn't one talking about this stuff? And I always wondered that in the church. I, I always felt like people were putting on a veneer. And I think that veneer is coming off. Even the most perfect families. And th listen, there's some families that really are kind of close to perfect. I know a couple. They're, they're like the 50s uh, sitcoms, you know what I'm saying? Or television shows. I mean, leave it to beavers. It's like it's a perfect home, you know, um, and then some people have a real rough situation. And if you're one of those people that has a real, listen, I get it. Now, my mom redeemed what my dad uh, did because she was the best mom and she is the best mom and she loved the Lord and she was so sweet and so pure and such a good mom. And so she made up for the dad that I had. And, and listen, he does have a couple of redeemable points. I mean, there were some things that were okay, but I'm going to be honest, a lot of it was very tough. We had a, had a very difficult situation with my father and, and my parents' marriage. And I always was hoping like I didn't have that kind of marriage. Like I, that's why it probably took me so long to get married. Cause I was afraid I didn't want to get into a bad marriage. I didn't want to get into a bad relationship. I did date, but I was, I was kind of noncommittal. I'm just going to be real because I, there was a part of me that I had my walls up because of what I experienced as a child. Plus my mom was really hard to, you know, she's a good mom. It's just such a good woman. It was, it was kind of hard to compare, you know, I was in LA and, um, I did meet some really nice people out there, but, you know, they, they were different. You know, it wasn't the same culture that I had grown up in my own home with my mother. I mean, she was a, man, she was a good mom, real good. You know, not a career woman, though. She was a stay-home mom for the most part. She did work, you know, earlier in her life. But, you know, why am I saying all this? I'm, I'm sharing some personal things with you because I want you to understand, you know, I just, I see, look, I, I understand the disconnect between leadership in the, in the church and you and me. And, and just, you know, I guess I would be in leadership, but what I'm saying is there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between leadership and the actual Christian culture. Everything is, I get online now and it's like, I feel like everybody is trying to prove how cool they are. Kind of reminds me of high school a little bit. I mean, it's like everybody's putting their best foot forward. Everybody's putting up all these pictures of them. So glamorous, especially preachers. I mean, and again, I mean, I understand. I mean, you want to show something cool, like you go to a cool place or something happens or you're with somebody cool. Like, yeah, you want to, you want to take a picture with them. I get it. I've been guilty of that. 
but I'm just saying like everybody's life. I mean, it's like you get on Facebook and then I know there's folks, maybe you, maybe me sometimes that we look at our own situation and we're like, man, why does everybody else have such a great situation? You know, they don't know my situation. They don't know how difficult it is for me right now. Barely can pay my bills in credit card debt. You know, just trying to make it, you know, working two jobs. Can't seem, you know, or even worse, can't even get a job. Can't even find a job. I lost my job. I'm in a tough relationship. I'm not speaking personally. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that are in this type of situation. And by the way, you're no less than. See, we often think like we got the bad deal. I've thought that before. I got the bad deal. Like, look at all these other people. They're prospering. It's so easy for them. You know, we compare. We start comparing. You know, why did they find a spouse so quick? Why did it seem so easy for them? Why is there so much favor on their life? What about me, God? Did you, did you forget about me? And, and so we bury stuff. We bury it down because we don't think that anybody else understands. And I just want you to know that somebody, I've, I've counseled now for like 20 plus years, okay? Hundreds of people, hundreds of people have been in my office and then hours, I used to spend hours, especially in LA, counseling and ministering to people, but I still do because I have a real heart for folks. And I also know there's a lack of that in the body. There's not a lot of available pastors and there's not a lot of Christian counselors. There's not a lot of people that are actually tending to the flock, And so there's this massive group of people that are just so yearning for some leadership and guidance. Maybe that's you. And that's one of the reasons I do these podcasts. I do these broadcasts because I want you to feel, you know, from my situation, from my heart, hopefully you can learn from some of the things I've had to experience, but also I want to pour into you. I mean, in a way it's kind of like, uh, you know, I can share some things that I've been through and hopefully it'll help you. I mean, that's what I, I hope at least. And I think it does because a lot of you write me, but I'm no better than any of you. And I say that often. I don't think of myself as, you know, high and mighty pastor. I just, I have answered this call, but I have a big shepherd's heart. I really care about you. And I just feel like a lot of people feel like less than you feel small, you feel insignificant. I hear people all the time. I say, well, I'm a nobody. No, what are you talking about? You're a nobody. You were made fearfully and wonderfully. Well, you don't understand my situation. Listen, I shared that about my dad because I want you to know I had a lot to overcome. When you have a situation like that, it makes you insecure because you don't, you don't get the love that you would have hoped to have had. And so, you, you know, you deal with insecurity. You feel less than, you feel not worthy. If you weren't treated bad by your parent, you know, if you were, I mean, in my case, I was like thrown across the room a few times. I mean, my dad was physically violent sometimes. And so it, it made me feel very insecure. I had to really overcome that. I had to overcome a generational curse of anger. People say, you're so calm. You're so nice. Yeah, I had to work at that. <laughs> I had to work at that really, really hard, actually. So why am I at this place in the ministry now where I just feel like I need to be honest and real in every area? Because I just feel like as we're getting close to the end, and I'm not saying the end's going to happen this year or next year, but I just, as the hour gets late, There are so many people that I meet that are dealing with real problems. Some of the ones I've talked about, some different ones, but they're real, they're big. And they're like, how am I ever going to, you feel overwhelmed. And I want to share with you that the, the strength that the Lord gives you when you actually ask the Holy Spirit, say, 
Lord, you know my situation. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, God, but I need your strength. And there's something very special that starts happening. The Lord starts meeting you in a way that I can't even describe. He, he fulfills the void. He's the ultimate void filler. Ultimate void filler. See, a lot of times people just see where I'm at now in my life and they think, oh, Pastor Todd has it figured out. Friends, I had to get massive amounts of healing and deliverance. I had to get massive amounts of healing from the wounds of my childhood and from the brokenness of what, what, what happened after that. And I don't blame, by the way, my parents. They tried their best. They did what they could. They dealt with the cards that they had been dealt, especially my mom. But, you know, my dad was a hard worker. I have to tell you, he was a hard worker. He always did work and he did bring in the bacon, let me tell you. So he tried to show his love with finances, with money. But that, that wasn't, I was actually looking for a different kind of love. I was looking for a father figure. And thank God I had it in my grandfather. I was devastated when my grandfather went home to be with the Lord. But, you know, um, how many people out there didn't have a good father figure? How many people out there came from a broken home? Was that you? How many of you had a parent that didn't really love you like they should have? Didn't pour into you, didn't teach you. Well, the reason why I share this very personal situation today with you is because I want you to know that God can redeem every situation. He can redeem whatever it is that's happened to you. I know people that have been molested. I know people that have been raped. I personally had, you know, uh, done some drugs when I was in Hollywood that I probably should have, I mean, honestly, a couple nights, I went pretty far. I never shot up or anything like that, but you know, I definitely did my share of things that I shouldn't have done and pushed my body. And I, I believe the Lord is so gracious and merciful to allow me to live this, this, this last 25 years or so where he's redeemed me and gave me a second chance. And my job right now is to share his good news and the fact that no matter what your situation is, whether you were abused whether you were on drugs and alcohol, whether you have never felt like you fit in in the Christian world, but you know God's real. Maybe you've never really been in with the quote-unquote in-click, you know, in the church, you know, the people, oh, they're so cool. Are they really? Do you really want to be part of that group anyways? Let's be honest. But, but the thing is, is like, you're unique. You're special. There's, you're just different. You don't need to be part of that group. You have special gifts. You have special talents. Maybe you are. Maybe you're a really popular Christian. Maybe, hey, like I said, this, this ain't high school, okay? The fact is we're adults now. I mean, the truth is, you know, what can we do for God? But we got to make sure we fight for that healing. And, and many people that are sitting in churches haven't really had the healing. That's, that's what is deliverance? I mean, obviously there's demons involved and strongholds and principalities, but what, what is deliverance? Deliverance is getting the healing and getting rid of the demonic in our life. But, you know, we got we to gotta get the healing in our heart. We got to fight for our healing. And a lot of us have been carrying these wounds from our childhood, from our adolescence, from, you know, whatever, whatever period of your life, from your teens or your, you know, your college years or maybe even your adult life or your marriage that didn't go the way you'd wanted it to. And maybe you got a divorce, maybe you got two divorces. And you've been just, you know, beating yourself up about this. And then there's the Pharisee Christians out there that like make you feel horrible. And it's like, you know, that just, it's like, it's like 
rubbing in on the wound, you know, it's like, it doesn't help at all. But you know that God is, that's not how he is at all. Like God loves you so much. And there's, there's like so many good things he has in store for you. What do you mean, Todd? I mean, all I listen to is doom and gloom and people are saying the market's going to crash and the country's done and, you know, everything's going, you know, I get it. I get it. I get it. Trust me. There is a lot of scary, egregious things happening, but we are in the world. We're not of the world. I want you to just look, you know what? It, it could happen tomorrow. It could happen five years from now. It could happen 20 years from now. Friends, I'm telling you, there's been people that have been burying themselves underground for like 20 years now and it never happened yet. Did it live your life? Put God first don't think of yourself as less than. You've got to own it. You've got to just get up and say, you know what? I'm going to make today a good day. I'm going to have peace today. I'm going to have joy today. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you that strength. I'm telling you, there was a period of time in my life where I was single and I was really depressed and I felt less than and I was like, everybody else's life seems to be working out. Look at my life. I just don't get it. And then all of a sudden, I, I, the spirit started moving in my life. And I think I was listening to the right people at that time. There's just the Lord was just doing something. And, and you know what started happening? I started having confidence. And I started learning about who I am in Christ, that he, that he made me fearfully and wonderfully, that he had a plan for my life, that I wasn't less than, that I wasn't small, that I wasn't insignificant, that I was special, that I was unique, that God had made me for a purpose that I needed to, to own it. I needed to just get up and, you know, I started going to the gym, started going out, you know, sitting in coffee shops, you know, just getting out and just, you know, being a part. I was like different Bible studies. I was just active. I would just go out. I had like a plan for every night of the week. I became so busy. I forgot that I was even single. Seriously. And, and you know, this took a long time to get to that place. And this was right before my breakthrough. Now, at this time, I was already a minister. But, you know, I still had to have a social life. I only preached like once or twice a week, you know? So what do you do the rest of the nights? You know, you could sit at your home and watch a movie like it gets boring, it gets lonely. So, you know, I, I would just go out. I'd be a part of this group. I'd be a part of that group. I'd be a part of a prayer group. I'd go to the Hollywood, you know, prayer meetings. I did whatever I could find. I was just out there. I just put myself out there. And let me just share this with you too. You know, take care of yourself. Go into the gym. There's some, you know, it's, it's not even for the other person. It's for you. You know, you go out there and you start feeling good about yourself. Like you look good. You feel good. You feel healthy. And, and it's like, God, it's, it's just amazing what starts happening because the Lord is ready to use you at any moment when you show up and you say, here I am. But a lot of people get stuck. They just get stuck. And a lot of it has to do with things that have happened in your past because something happened at some point in your life. And for whatever reason, that's just stuck there. And it's been like a baggage just holding you. Or maybe it's even recent in your marriage. You've just been, look, I'm going to tell you, if you're in a bad marriage, get, get out and do stuff. Have a life. Like, find some friends that are like-minded. Get involved in a permit. You don't have to be a, and I understand if you got kids and stuff, it's hard to do that kind of thing. But, you know, do, it, do the best you can to get plugged into something. To where you have an out. You have, I'm not, don't, don't go and have an affair. Don't go and get in trouble. Cause that's what the devil wants. You know, I'm saying if the Lord's telling you, you know, Hey, I'm going to stick this thing out and you know, you're not in an abusive situation or anything like that. Maybe your spouse is just not saved. There's a lot of people in that situation. Let me tell you something, but you could still have your own life. You could still have joy. You can have peace. My mom 
became a minister while her husband was like a total jerk. I mean, he was so rude and mean and he, the way he used to talk to her, I couldn't even believe it, but yet she would go out and preach. And she, she got bold. She started just saying, look, I'm going and preaching. You want to stay home and be angry, you stay home and be angry. I'm going to go out and have a great time at a church. And I remember a couple of times he tried to stop us. He said, you ain't going to that holy roller church. He got in front of the car. I mean, it was, it was like a confrontation one time. And you know what ended up happening? Uh, my dad ended up finally following us down to the holy roller church. It was an old-time Pentecostal church in Chatsworth. He followed us down there. And you know what he did? He got in that pastor's face, but that pastor was not one bit scared of him. He got right back in his face. And my dad, being the Italian man that's macho, he respected that pastor. He said, okay, this guy's not a wuss. He got in my face because my dad was a scary guy. And he said, listen to me, son. You know, the pastor, he said, listen to me, son. You know, you need to treat your wife right. You need to become a man of God. You need to repent of your sin. My dad didn't know what to say to that. What, do you, what, what does an Italian mafiotic-like guy say to something like that, right? Well, you know what? My dad started coming because he actually had an adoration for this man. Hey, you know what? This guy, is, he's got my number. <laughs> you know what used to happen? He hated the worship. He hated the worship. So the pastor says, well, you know what? If you don't like the worship, come after the worship. You need to be in church. You need to, you need to respect your wife. You need to be a good father. You need to be a good husband. That's what God wants of you. And you know what? Something started changing in my father. I'm not saying he ever got 100%, but he did become a changed man. The Lord started getting a hold of his life. But you know what? It took that man standing up to him. And listen, some of you are being controlled. You're in a control. You're in a bad relationship and you're being controlled. And so if you're in a bad relationship, you're in a good relationship, it doesn't matter. Don't ever lose your identity. Don't ever lose who you are in Christ. You have a calling. Now, if we're married, then, you know, a lot of times, most of the time, we're in some type of calling with our spouse. I mean, my wife definitely gets involved with the church, but she's, she's not a preacher. And, you know, we, we have different things that we like, but you know what? We've, we've learned to find a flow, and it's a good flow. And the Lord's used it. And she's got certain talents, and I got certain talents. But if you think that happened right away, I mean, you got to work at this stuff. But it, it take, don't get in the depression. The depression is a spirit. I don't know what I'm talking about right now, but the depression is a spirit and that spirit wants to hold you down. And then you get on social media and you look at all these people's lives and you think, man, I'm the only one that people have no idea how horrible my situation is. Look at this, but everybody seemed to be, why did the Lord forget about me? He didn't. He didn't forget about you. And so I'm going to give you the little perspective here that a lot of people won't give you. As a pastor, you get the most buttoned up. I mean, you think this family is like, you know, just amazing, perfect. You see them, they got the nice car, the nice clothes, they're good looking people, they got all these beautiful kids. Wow, I wish I could have all that. You know, they're just so perfect. I'm gonna tell you, those people get behind the closed door in the pastor's office and you start hearing the real stuff. Nobody's got a perfect situation. Some people are just better at pretending they do. Now, there are people that have better situations, but everybody's got something. Everybody's got stuff. Everybody deals with something. Nobody's perfect. And nobody's situation is perfect. But what I want you to do today, as I share this with you, and I feel the anointing right now, is I think it's really important that you live your life. I think it's really important that you step into your calling. I think it's really important that you, you just walk in the calling and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You love the Lord. And maybe there's been something that's been holding you back or 
Maybe you've been comparing or you thought you got a bad deal. But we're, we're going into a season of raw. There's going to be people that are coming like the Kat Von D's. She was that tattoo artist that just gave her heart to Lord that had the, you know, the, uh, the, the show on TV, reality show. But you know what? I don't know what's going to happen with her, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of Kat Von D's coming. You better be ready. We better be ready. The church has to be ready. And in order for us to actually reach these people, we've got to let them know we ain't perfect either. We just serve a perfect God, a forgiving God, a merciful God. A God that loves us, a God that's available, a God that wants to anoint us and appoint us for an hour is this. There are so many people. I just see baptisms for my, like lines and lines of people. I keep seeing this reoccur. I know it's coming. And we've got to get up, get up, get up, get up, get ready, get ready, get ready. Stop with all the nonsense. You know, that's why you don't see me out there trying to be pastor celebrity. I don't care about that. What's important to me is you your soul, your heart, your walk. But you know what? Even I have my flaws. You know who, who even loves you more? God. He loves you so much. He wants to meet you right now. He wants to use you in the season of your life. You're not done. It's not finished. He's not out of moves. He's not out of resources. He's not out of people. He didn't just bring you here so that you could waste away. He didn't just bring you here so that you could be forgotten about. He's been waiting on you. Get fired up. Don't worry about the comparison. Look, no one could be you. No one could do what you do. You have a unique call. And you know what? When I finally started realizing that, like, I'm not trying to be like this guy. I don't care what that, I mean, I care. Like, I'm happy for them. But I'm not sitting there like, why didn't I get to do that? Why didn't they invite me to that conference? Why didn't I get to go to that place? Who cares? You know what? If they invite me, great. And maybe I'll go and maybe I won't. I don't have to kiss the ring. I don't have to be like everybody else. You know what? They can't be like me. There's a confidence that God has given me. And in this season, I'm walking in this in the fullness, but this is years in the making. It's years of healing and deliverance. Because when I go to a, a church service, it's not, look, I don't want to be exalted. Please don't exalt me. Don't put me on a pedestal. When I want to, I want to be prayed up and have the message of the Lord. And I want to just release that and let the freedom of the spirit of God move. That's my heart. I want to see a movement of the Lord. I want to see God move in power in a mighty way. You know, I used to put together PowerPoints for my sermons so that they could kind of guide me through. You think I do that anymore? No. Why? Because I want the spirit to lead me. I want to be spirit led. I mean, think I, I didn't even put notes together for this podcast today. The Lord just said share. And then the anointing fell. But you know what? It's because I have God's heart in this. I want to see you free. I want to see you thriving. And I'm tired of the veneers. I'm tired of the veneers. Nobody's perfect. Nobody looks perfect. Look, I'm going to tell you something. Can I tell you a secret here? I used to be in Hollywood. I think you know that. And I had a, my wife is very beautiful, by the way. Very beautiful. She's amazing. Very much attracted to my wife. And that's why I don't really talk about my past because I don't want to disrespect her. But I'll just give you a little little bit here, okay? I, I date a lot of models and a lot of actresses. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now that the biggest Hollywood celebrities out there that you think are perfect, okay, they have bad breath sometimes. They go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have their days where they get a big zit. And by the way, 
the camera makes you look a lot different because they put all kinds of makeup and all different types of lighting and everything looks a certain way. But when you see some of those folks in person, you're actually pretty shocked sometimes. I remember I saw, I ran into, ran into Pamela Anderson one time and I was just like, what? I mean, look, she was a pretty woman, but you know, uh, when you see her up close, she don't look like what she looked like on Baywatch. Okay. And no disrespect, Pamela, if you're listening, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's everybody, like everybody has flaws. <laughs> We're in this society that they got, you know, touch up apps and everybody's doing all this stuff to their, their look and their face. And you know, it's just, it's so much, so much for young people too to have to try to compare. That's why so many people are cutting and getting involved in all this other stuff. So it's time to be real. It's time to be real. And I want you to know that you are special. You're special to the Lord. He took his time to make you. He didn't make a mistake. He, he hears your prayers. He's got plans for your life. You're not forgotten about. He's not given everybody else a better deal than you. It's time to lay the baggage down and just say, Lord, I just want to be the best version of myself. How can I show up? You know, get, get the juices flowing in your body. You know what I'm saying? Like, get up, go run around the block. Like, just get out there. Just do, you know, just do something. Have a life. But I mean, I'm, not, I'm trying to say like go out clubbing or anything like that, but just, you know, live life. Don't sit and wait for the doom and gloom. Don't sit and wait for the world to end. Live, live your life. Be joyful. You know, happiness is a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Happiness is a choice. I could be miserable. Trust me, I got plenty of things that I could be stressed about right now. <laughs> There's so many things. If I wanted to wallow in that, oh boy, I could have a pity party. I could have a pity party about my childhood. I could have a pity party about a lot of things. Financial things. Oh, I could just get into it. But you know what? I'm going to choose joy and happiness and, and enjoy the moment. Be present in the moment. Look at the good things in life. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your kids. You know, enjoy your singlehood. Whatever it is that you're, whatever season that you're in, embrace it. And, and just close that door of the enemy. And stop reliving your past. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Stop reliving your past. This song was a restoration song for me. When I heard this, it was the Lord saying, I'm going to make this place your home. This was a place where you almost died. This, this was a place where you got stabbed nine times. This is a place where you failed many times. The devil tried to take you out. This is a place where you got abused as a child. This is a place where you, you know, a lot of stuff. But God's going to turn around and he's going to make this place your home. Oh, somebody's getting it now. <laughs> he's not done with you. You know what I'm saying? We just thank you, Lord, for today's broadcast. I pray, I pray that just this bless somebody today. I pray that this would be the first day of the rest of their life that they would get up and they'd realize that you're not done with their life, Lord. There's a lot more to happen. There's a lot more living to go on. Amen? All right. We love you. Bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along